0: Hey, Encounter. Good morning. (laughs) Hey, can we give our Encounter Praise Kids another hand over there? They were amazing. Talk about a teaser to get us ready for Christmas and what God's going to do at Christmas through our children. Uh, They have been working so hard and enjoying it and enjoying the Lord in the midst of it. We're thankful for each and every one of them. And I want you to look around the room right now and just praise God for your church family. Would you just give the Lord a hand today as we meet as a church family? We don't always get to meet together and some of you don't get to meet together all the time because we have different service times, but it is great to be all together today. We started out with pancakes. How many of you enjoyed some pancakes this morning? Very good. I got to tell you, we had a group of men who started like early, they, they gave up their gained hour this morning on the time change and started making pancakes, but it was delicious and it was like clockwork. I've never seen something like that before. All of you were amazing. And then we got to hear some testimony from Lisa Ann and how powerful to see, yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. You see a story in someone's life where God is showing up. And then we as a church family, as followers of Christ, get to come alongside what God is already doing as he's writing a salvation story. And there were so many stories today with Lisa Ann and Sue Lynn and Anthony and Gabriella Emerson, Ella and Valentino. And can we just say yay God for each and every one of those lives? Praise the Lord. Now, every one of those lives represented one of the ministries of encounter and how God is using you, whether it was children's ministry, and encounter kids, or student ministries, or the group ministry, or women's ministry, and the list goes on, and it's exciting to see how God is using people, and He is on the move, and we praise the Lord for that. Amen? Yeah, amen. You know, I want to give a, a special shout out today. Uh, one of our ministries at Encounter that we love so much is Celebrate Recovery. And can we get all give a hand for Celebrate Recovery today? We're thankful for them. We love our Celebrate Recovery family as an entire church. Well, if you're a guest with us today, we just want you to know that we're so thankful that God has brought you to be a part of what He is doing as we follow Jesus together, as we encounter God, as we encourage each other, as we engage the world, and we believe with all of our hearts that if you're here this morning, it's not by happenstance, it's not a mistake that God has brought you here, and we pray that you will sense that you are at home as we follow Jesus together as an entire church family. We're going to go to God's Word right now. Now, we're actually going to start at the end of a book of the Bible that we have been looking at, it's 2 Corinthians, and we're going to look at the final couple of verses in this book of the Bible that was written by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, in the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament, he has been raw. He has been direct, and he has called us back to the hope of Jesus Christ over and over again. And whenever you're at the end of a letter that's in the Bible, these letters to the churches, I want you to think of this not as like a sincerely, almost like an add-on, but almost like a biblical spotlight of what the Apostle Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, has been talking to us about for the last 13 chapters. Uh, and, and, and we're going to aim high altogether by doing that today. But I want to give you a warning. In order to understand the passage today, you're going to have to understand and experience what the Bible refers to as a holy kiss. You ready for that? All right. Sounds exciting already. Some of you are nervous. Some of you are ready to run for the door. All right. When I was younger, my whole family would go to Yosemite and we'd meet all of these like extended relatives. We'd stay in these cabins at Yosemite for a week during the summer. And you know, I didn't know who there was like a first cousin, a third cousin, an eighth cousin, a kissing cousin. I just didn't know. And I remember as a young, young teenager, I was in middle school some age, all the older teenagers got us all together one night and they're like, hey. We're going to go out in the forest tonight, and we are going to go sparking sparking. I'm like, sparking? That sounds interesting. I'd like to go sparking. And so we go out into the forest, and they had us huddle up into this circle, this tight, tight circle in this dark, dark forest. We're all facing each other, and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen right now. And then they started handing out wintergreen lifesavers, all right? And everybody got a wintergreen lifesaver. Now I'm getting nervous at this point. Then they put them all in there. We put them in our mouths. They said, chew on these with your mouth open, and all of a sudden when you chew on them, your mouth glows, all right? It's called sparking it. I know some of you are going to test this when you go home later on. It may have been like a nuclear ingredient that they've gotten rid of now. I'm not sure, uh, but I do know it works. But this is why I share that story. When it comes to what the Bible refers to as a holy kiss, it's not really what we're thinking about today. And I really believe that God has a message for all of us uh, as we look at this today, because we're invited in this passage to aim high in our walk with Jesus Christ in such a way that it spills out onto our lives with each other and to a world around us who needs Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word today. Uh, we're in first, Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 through 14. And by the way, we always put the scripture on the screen. There are Bibles in the seatbacks in front of you. Also, when you come in, there's QR codes on the walls and right as the entrance to the worship center. If you scan those with your phone, you can always get the digital notes. And we have some questions on there if you want to talk about them with a friend uh, later on. But we're in 2 Corinthians 13 today in verse 11. I'm going to read the passage uh, from God's living word, and then we're going to pray And just ask God to continue to do a wonder in us as we gather as a church family. Amen? Amen. It is so good to be all together. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Would you pray with me, Encounter? Father God, we thank you for each and every person that's in this room right now, and we thank you for bringing us all together as a church family. God, we thank you for those who have been a part of this church for many, many years, and we thank you for those who have come for the first time, and Lord, we all are asking you to work a wonder in us right now through your living word and through your Holy Spirit. May your voice be heard, and we pray your blessing over this moment. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Please be seated. So in 2 Corinthians, it begins by letting us know that aiming high means being all together for restoration. This is how the Bible says it in verse 11 again. Finally, brothers, and you could say sisters or all you all, it's really a plural brothers there, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. When we aim, when, if you want to aim high in life as a community, God says, aim for Restoration. To sum up 13 chapters of instruction, the Apostle Paul says, aim high for restoration. And so when we want to aim for something, you want to do so with precision and with some accuracy, And so you do so with some intentionality. And so you might think of this as the way the Bible's talking about all this. You know, if you're trying to get someone wet, you know, you can jump in the deep end with a cannonball and kind of get everything wet, right? Or you can use a squirt gun and squirt someone right in the face. Well, this is really a cannonball thing. It's like the difference with football. You can throw a Hail Mary pass at the end of a football game, or you can have a skilled quarterback who throws a precision play to a wide receiver. And by the way, did anybody see the Niners-Rams game last Sunday? Yeah. Uh, those of you who are guests, you may not know this. Everybody gives me a hard time every time the Rams and the Niners play. I happen to be a Niners fan. I don't know how God called me to encounter with all the Rams fans out there. But I just got to mention, you know, that new running back, man, he made a difference in that game. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he had a passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. And I'm just going to say, I am sorry, Rams fan. My heart goes out to you, all right? It does. It does. Just, just a little, it goes out to you. Uh, but by the way, you knew I, could, you knew I had to mention that. You know, I, th- when you look at that game, there were actually precision plays all over the place. Weren't there on both teams, back and forth? There were just a few more on the Niners' side. Okay, all right. I'll stop there. <laughs> but, you know, I, I actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I, and I've seriously been thinking about this. I'm considering becoming a Dodgers fan just to bring peace to our church family, all right? So... I'm not going to follow the Astros bandwagon, but I am considering the Dodgers. So you, you can actually pray for me on that one. But but in this case, what the Paul says, he says, we want you to aim a little more broad. And he mentions some specific things that we aim for that bring restoration to our relationships with one another our relationship with God and with the people around us in the world, and it really is more of a cannonball approach, this big splash. And Paul has walked through all kinds of relational issues, and now he concludes with this incredible goal, and that is restoration. And you can always tell when someone is filled with the Spirit of God because they desire restoration in the relationships around them. When someone is walking in the fruit of the Spirit, they have a heart, they have a desire that leads them towards restoration and relationships. And the Apostle Paul said earlier in verse 9, he says, not only are we aiming high for restoration, but he's praying for it as well. He says this in 2 Corinthians 13, 9, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. Paul is aiming for restoration through prayer. And this is the restoration of the local church with each other, with Him, and with God. And it causes all of us to ask ourselves today, you know, in my life, am I aiming high for restoration in the relationships uh, that are hurting around me? And is there an area where God wants... Maybe you can't repair a relationship, but God is wanting you to forgive someone and have restoration in that way. And so he gives three ways to aim high and be all together for restoration. And the first is probably not one you would think of naturally when it comes to being restored in relationships and with God, Uh, but it's actually by rejoicing. He says it this way, finally, brothers, rejoice. There is something about having people around you in your life who are rejoicers that brings healing to our souls. Amen? When you have rejoicers around you, it brings healing to life and to your friendships around you. And So if you want to aim for restoration, be a rejoicer. It's part of why we had this idea of, hey, let's get all together as a church family, and let's rejoice together and just praise God. Because when we rejoice, you know, actually our kids gave us a great example of that, didn't they? You know, when kids rejoice, they don't care who's looking at them. They don't. They use their arms and their hands and their bodies. I mean, they're wiggling around, they're moving. They are natural rejoicers, and God wants us to do the same. And any time we gather together and rejoice, we are aiming higher because we're focusing our hearts and our minds on who Jesus Christ is and so we rejoice in him. He also invites us to aim high for restoration by comforting one another. Verse 11 he says, "Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration and comfort one another." At any given time, every one of us knows there are people around us that God has placed in our life that are going through challenges. Sometimes their health challenges, sometimes their job challenges, sometimes their relationship challenges. And the apostle Paul says to us through the living word today, he says, man, when it comes to being a person of restoration, bring comfort to others around you, whether that's listening to them, whether that's doing life with them, whether that's praying for them, uh, just caring for them. And just calling them up, checking them in, texting them, whatever it may take. You know, one of the ministries that stood out to me when I first came to encounter a couple months ago, if you're a guest, I've only been here two months. I feel like I've been here a really long time, Uh, but I've uh, I've only been here two months. But I remember when I first came, there's this ministry that just caught my attention because it's so biblical. There's a group of people in our church that when someone has a spouse who passes away, they just gather around that person and they help them with things around their house and they just do life with them. And I just want to thank the group of people who do that in our church. You're, you're amazing. I know Ted Allen is one of the leaders of that ministry, but we just praise God for all of you and what, how the Lord is using you. So. <laughs> we also aim high for restoration by being peacemakers. Verse 11 again, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Being a peacemaker is being a restoration maker. And at any given time in life, every one of us has what I like to call little relational hotspots around us. They're little sparks that are flying. It's just part of life. It's part of living in this world together. And At any given moment, what the God is saying through his living words, you have a choice. When those sparks flare up in the relationships around you, you can either be a bucket of gasoline on that spark and make the fire bigger, or you can be a bucket of grace on that spark. And be a person of restoration in that relationship. And right now, all of us, you know, some of us have big forest fires going on at work. (laughs) Anyone want to say amen as long as your boss isn't sitting next to you, all right? Yeah. Okay, staff, be careful over there. Yeah. You know, Or, or we have like grease fires going on in the kitchen at home. You know, or maybe you have something going on in a marriage or in a friendship. And in every one of those little hot spots in our life, it's an opportunity for us to either be a bucket of grace in the name of Jesus Christ and be a peacemaker or it be a bucket of gasoline. And notice what God says. He says, if you aim high, and this is a promise, the God of love and peace will be with you because God loves to bless peacemakers. And in verse 12, this is the one we've been waiting for. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. What I want you to do is to turn to your neighbor and pucker up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Totally joking. Don't do that, all right? (laughs) But this is what I want you to notice. He says, all the saints greet you. And he is reminding us that even when we gather as a larger group, as a church family, That it is only the beginning. That we are a part of something that is so much bigger than what God is doing on Sunday mornings or what God is doing in Ventura County. That we are a part of something that God is doing around the world. That the church is so much bigger than one local church family. And it's part of why, as a church family, we love engaging our community through all of our ministries and engaging the world with some of our global partners And if you're newer with us, we have about 19 or so global partners that we partner with around the world. People, they're they're people that we praise God for, that we pray for. We partner with them financially, and sometimes we send mission teams or go teams to spend time with them as well. Uh, People like Nancy and Jonathan Fitzgerald, who are on a part of crew, and they're on the um, UC Irvine uh, campus to reach international students. There's a picture of them up there. We also have Matt and Bethany Mowat who are in Chiang Mai, uh, Thailand, doing incredible ministry there. Uh, we also have Joe and Lori Pent. Uh, who actually, we have a team from our church going out there in February to join them at the La Montana Christian Camps. They're doing incredible ministry to students and children uh, across Costa Rica. Uh, to our very own, Daniel and Lori Hahn, who work with Catalyst, and they lead of a lead a ministry of restoration to servants who are serving Christ around the world to bring renewal to their lives, and even our own very Patricia Neednoggle, who trains and resources marginalized women in Africa and Brazil and even in India. And we praise God for all of them. Amen. (laughs) We are aiming high altogether around the world for the glory of Jesus Christ. And think about what this Bible command says. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, here's how I want you to understand that in today's terms. That was something cultural to the time. But on any given Sunday, people walk in to encounter into our home. And on any given Sunday, there are people in this room, and I'm sure there's some here today that other people in this room have been praying for for years sometimes, that they would come and have an experience with Jesus Christ. And what I want you to think about is when someone comes into this room and they sit down in your row, you know, your row is almost like a couch in your living room. And when someone comes into your living room and they sit on your couch, you never just like leave them alone, do you? You talk to them. You sometimes will sit near them. You might not sit like on the cushion next to them, but you'll sit near them and and you'll engage them. On any given Sunday, God brings people that other people have loved and invited and are praying for God to work in their lives. And it may be their first time in God's house that encounter and they show up in your row and God is actually wanting to use you to give them a holy welcome. And I know every time I say that, sometimes there are people People in the room, they go, well, you know, Pastor John, I'm not really like an extrovert, you know. I'm not really good with people and, you know, I'm not asking you to kiss them, all right. I'm, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you actually to give them a holy welcome and to be a welcome ambassador where we welcome people into the goodness and the truth of Jesus Christ on this campus and around the community and around the world all the time. In fact, one of the things I like to say is it's everyone's ministry to welcome people into an encounter with God. We may have greeters as a church, but it's all of our ministry uh, for God to do that. And, And an encounter, it's interesting here because he says this, he mentions this holy kiss. It was this biblical greeting which was unique among Christ followers of the day. And it showed their mutual acceptance and their oneness as a family. And what made it unique was in most greetings back at the time of Christ, uh, they didn't mix social groups. And what I mean by that is like at the time of Christ, the Romans had a greeting and the Greeks had a greeting and the Jewish people had a greeting and men and women had a greeting, but this was a greeting initiated by Jesus' followers no matter someone's race or no matter someone's sex. It was one church greeting one another in the name of Christ Aiming high for restoration together as a church family. And may we be such a place. Amen, encounter? After inviting us to aim high for restoration, Paul tells us to live in the wonder and greatness of God. And one of the reasons that we hope that you'll be here today and just feel at home is that one of the beauties of a day like today is it's like a launching pad where we live in the wonder and greatness of God and worship together, and then it launches us into a week where we experience the wonder and greatness of God all week long. And in verse 14, he closes out his passage and he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Uh, This is actually a fairly famous verse among theologians. Some people refer to it as the Trinitarian Benediction. And a benediction is an end of a letter or the end of a speech. And this verse ends Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And it displays what some people refer to as the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons in a unified Godhead, each with different roles in our life with God. In fact, just a moment ago, when people were being baptized in that pool over there, what we were saying to them is we asked them a couple questions, like, do you know that Jesus is in your life? And do you want all these people to know that you are following him? And then we take them and we say, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism... Representing what Christ did on the cross for them. Risen to walk a brand new life. That's what the Trinity's all about there. You know, I have heard people try to explain the Trinity to one another using all kinds of examples. You know, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I've heard people try to use an egg. Have you guys ever heard that one? I know I've used it before. It's like God is like an egg. There's the shell and there's the egg white and there's the yolk, but it's one egg. But I got to tell you, it doesn't even come close to the depth and the beauty of who God is. And I really like eggs, so that's uh, saying a lot this morning. Uh, But there's a theologian by the name of Boff who once said this in reference to the mystery of the Trinity. He says, mystery is like a cliff. We may not be able to scale it, but we can stand at the foot of it, touch it, praise its beauty. So it is with the mystery of the Trinity. We aim high by looking to the wonder and the greatness of God. And the bottom line is is that our God does not live in solitary oneness, but he lives in rich relatedness. And Paul, as he's focusing, as he's landing the plane of his letter, he's wanting to focus us on community, both our community with one another and the community of God. And as he's finishing his letter, he says, I want to give you the greatest example of community that has existed for all eternity and that is the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. It's been there forever for us. We also live in the wonder and greatness of God by experiencing the grace of Jesus. Verse 14, he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Apostle Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, wrote Second Corinthians. And when he began his spiritual debut, he was a persecutor of followers of Jesus Christ. Many, many people lost their lives because of his influence and his attack on the church until Paul surrendered his life to Christ on the road to Damascus. And as a result, when he began to be able to serve in Christ's name, he knew it was by the mercy of God alone as it is for each and every one of us. And he knew that all of us come to this place in life where God wants us to realize that we're more fallen and more sinful than we'd ever dare believe before a holy God. We are. Just ask the people you live with if you wonder about that. But we're also more loved and more accepted than we could ever dare hope because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And he went on the greatest rescue mission ever accomplished in leaving heaven, coming to this earth, living a sinless life, dying on the cross to pay our debt before a holy God. And he died and he rose again and now he invites us into life with him. And when we enter into life with him, his grace washes over us, and it is all gift. And just like those folks went under the water of baptism today, man, God wants his grace to wash over us and our relationships with him. We also live in the wonder and greatness of God by experiencing the love of the Father. He says, the grace of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and the love of God. Uh, Experiencing and knowing the love of the Father is a life-changing love. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends this week. His name is Joe, and it reminded me of a conversation I had a Joe, with Joe a while back. He was telling me how he was sitting on a porch with his friend whose name was Jeff, and Jeff was sharing with my friend Joe about his life and all the challenges in his life, and one of the things he shared with Joe was that his dad had committed suicide when, when Jeff was 18 years old, and just the hole that left in his life with a father figure, and, one of the things he said to Joe, is, he says, Joe, sometimes I like to imagine, even with all the horrible things that happened with my dad, I like to imagine that my father is in heaven watching over me. And Joe looked him in the eyes. He goes, Jeff, I just want you to know this. Your father is in heaven looking over you. And I know you mean your earthly father, but I mean your heavenly father. And he's looking over you right now, and he's looking over me, and he loves you. He loves you. And he loves me. And God is always wanting to use people in our life to remind us of the love of the Father for our life. For the love of the Heavenly Father changes our lives. We also live in the wonder and greatness of God by experiencing the friendship of the Spirit. Verse 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you all. We want to aim high by living in the wonder and greatness of God and being a friend of God. The Bible uses this phrase in fellowship with the Spirit. Fellowship is really just a fancy way of saying friendship. And isn't it wild to think that we get to be friends with the Holy Spirit of God? Amen? Like He loves being with us. He enjoys us. So, uh, some years ago, we were camping as a family, and um, we had another family we were camping with, and my son Josh, who's 17 now, he was much younger, he had invited his friend Kenny. And Josh and Kenny have been friends since they were little, like in second grade. And at this time, I think they were like pre-middle school. And we know when you're camping with pre-middle schoolers, there's basically like walking dust bombs right all around the campground. And the day before, Josh and Kenny had their longboards out, and they were skateboarding around this campground, and Josh had wiped out. And Kenny's such a good friend, he brought back this bloodied and bruised Josh to our campground. He, He just always had Josh's back. And they always were enjoying life, doing life together, and, and just enjoying doing things together. And the very next day, as they as Josh was recovering from all of his road rash, no broken bones or anything, they were actually at this little stream near the campground where we were. And they were hunting crawdads, and they had decided to use sausage. You know, sausage is a great thing to catch crawdads with. And Kenny was all focused on catching these crawdads, and there are these bushes behind him, and Josh is right next to him. And Josh looks over in the bushes near him, and he sees this little animal poke his head out. And then he sees this other little animal poke his head out. And then he sees this rather large female animal poke her head out. And all of a sudden, what he sees are these two little baby cubs right next to Kenny and Mama Bear, right, literally right next to his friend Kenny. And Kenny's just focused on his crawdads right there. And all of a sudden, Josh is just like, Kenny, bear! And those two guys, I mean, they went running from that moment after that. But they always had each other's back. They enjoyed doing life together. And God wants us to know today that the Holy Spirit has our back. And He loves pointing us to the grace of Jesus Christ and to the love of the Father in our walk with Him. And there is something powerful when we live in the wonder of the grace of Jesus, the love of our Heavenly Father, and our friendship with the Holy Spirit What we're going to do right now is we're going to close this time in prayer. And I'm actually going to ask a very special person in our church family, Margaret Gosseson, to come up and close us in prayer today. Margaret leads our Mercy Seat Prayer Ministry, and she and a group of people pray over us as a church family and uh, just pray for us on mission as a church, and so we are so thankful that you're going to close us in prayer right now. Would you uh, join us in prayer?
1: Encounter family, I just want you to know that you are well-loved, and I'm so happy that you love well. There are so many times where I've seen you just reach out and touch somebody that needed it at that moment. And for anybody who hasn't connected and who is still in the fringes, I would just encourage you to find a group, a group of Bible study, uh, any, any type of fellowship, because the Lord loves fellowship. You know, we are in fellowship with him, but the fellowship with each other is also really important. So if you would bow your heads and we will pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the work that you have done at Encounter. Lord, you built this church. You started many years ago, Lord. You gave the administrators, the leaders, wisdom regarding how to grow it. Lord, I pray that you'd continue, that you'd continue to bring healing and wholeness to this church, Lord, to each person the physical needs that are that need to be met lord god i just pray that that you'd be with dane for example lord and and for the the places in our hearts where addictions need to be broken pray that you'd break them lord for minds to be set free that you'd set them free we declare freedom for the captives we thank you lord that you are loving and you are good and that you have so much more planned for each one of us. We thank you for each of the gifts that you have given this body, this family, the encounter family. I just pray that you'd continue to teach each person what that is and release them into it, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who, who is building this church. When the Lord builds a church, builders are building with strength and assurance when the Lord doesn't build a church the builders build for naught. so Lord we thank you again for what you are doing here we thank you for the ministries for the growth Lord for the elders pray that you would give them wisdom that would go beyond themselves Lord for our staff members Lord may they be encouraged in all that they do for the church family itself Lord We thank you. We thank you that we can be part of this. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your mercy. And you have called us, Lord, to reflect, to reflect the face of Jesus to this community. May it be so. May we be the hands and feet of Jesus as we go out into our lives. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
2: Thank you, God. For that prayer, just invite you guys to stand as we sing one more song together. children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You A free to parse right
0: Bible. He's doing that for you and me right now. Isn't that amazing? Thank you guys for sharing a meal with us, for praising God
2: with us, for cheering on people who've made a decision in their life, for making our kids know that they're loved and supported by their church family. We love you Ken. Thank you so much for being here today. Invite someone new and let's do it again next week. The party doesn't stop. It goes on forever and ever and ever, doesn't it? Have a great Sunday, guys. We love you. We'll see you soon.